Hey, everybody, and uh, and guys, welcome to the Photographic Collective podcast. Uh, I, as always, I'm your host, I'm Miles Whitboyer, and uh, and guys, I've got a uh, a really exciting guest today, a really cool show um, that we've planned for for y'all for episode eight today, um, and uh, and I. I'll be honest, I was trying to figure out a way earlier to like adequately introduce this guy, because he's been a good friend of mine for for about a decade now. He's also one of the most uh, probably affluent people that you have never heard of in the photo industry. Um, and, uh, and also, he's just shaping and changing the way we use the gear that that we use. And so um, as if that's not an intro enough, I have I have the names of a few people that wanted to get their their uh, name in the ring for an intro here as well. So um, everybody knows my buddy Paul von Reeder. Um, his impression here was to say that I he said I basically love everything that Matt makes. I feel like I could be the most boring person to ask this question to. You could literally point at any of his products, and I would reply, "Yes, just buy that. It's fancy and it smells good." Uh, our, our good friend, David Kovacs said, Matt is an absolute gentleman and, uh, and I cannot wait to hear this conversation. Everything hold fast makes is amazing. Joao da Silva said, Oh man, I can't wait to tune into this episode. Anything with the hold fast name on it is perfection. Matt is such a solid dude. Uh, James Cunningham said, as I always say, a new piece of hold fast gear a day keeps the sadness away. Um, <laughs> Matt, uh, man, how do I even intro you? You guys, Matt Swaggart from Hold Fast Gear is with us. And uh, Matt, dude, thank you so much for being on this show. And it's an absolute pleasure because uh, as, you, as, you know, as you said, we've been uh, longtime friends. So anytime that we get a chance to, we don't live necessarily right by each other. So anytime we get a chance to chat and hang out some, it's, it's always a pleasure. Oh man, I like, I'm always pumped about this. Uh, you guys that are listening that, that don't know this. So Matt and I do, we, we live about two and a half hours away from each other. Um, and so it's like just far enough that it's sort of a pain to get there. Um, and then at the same time, it's just close enough that you feel guilty for not doing it more often. That's, you know, that's exactly right. That's kind of that's exactly how I put it. Um, well, so, okay, Matt, for, for anybody that doesn't know you, now that I've hyped you with a few of the biggest names in the industry, basically like talking about you, give us, give us like a really high level, just, uh, just an intro to, to who you are and, and what it is that you're doing in Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, so I, I consider myself just a leather goods company. Um, well, I mean, that, that would be the, the base view, like we make leather goods, but um, to get really niche with it, I was a wedding photographer for uh, about 10 years. And through the course of that, um, at the end of those 10 years, I felt like I was 50 years old. My body was run down. I, my, like mentally, I was run down all the things. And so I just felt like there's got to be a better way to do this, to, to shoot weddings, to be more efficient, to feel better at the end of the day, um, to be more presentable, to be more on brand with how I wanted to present myself. So um, all those things kind of led to the creation of what uh, Holdfast Gear is. And so my, my philosophy is everything um, must be equal. Form and function must be completely equal. One cannot outweigh the other. So pre-Holdfast Gear, I felt like a lot of the industry was really focused on function. I mean, it's got to work the way it works um, without any real care to how things look. Um, so while there were some, there are incredible companies companies out there that were before Holdfast Gear making carry goods and, and ways to carry your cameras. 
I felt like I could take it one step further by, okay, let's make sure that not only does it feel good on the body, not, not only will you feel better at the end of the day, but you'll also show up feeling confident and strong and excited about what you do. Because I think uh, you, we've all heard this term, you know, uh, look good, play good. You know, um, athletes will say that. And I, I carry that. It's like when you show up feeling confident, you know, to a shoot, I think that relates in how you work with your customers and your clients and they feed off that as well. It makes it that much uh, easier throughout the course of the day when you're confident, but you're also, you're not worried about, you know, how you look, you're not struggling with carrying your gear. You're not carrying a bag, putting it down, shooting, picking up a bag and going, you're not looking for stopping and looking for lenses and looking for gear. It's just all on you really efficient and ready to go. I think that keeps you confident. I think that keeps you energetic. And I think it makes just the day itself go by much easier. Yeah, man, what a cool, what a cool way that you solved the problem. And, and I think that's one of the things I really want to dig into today is, um, you know, you guys that, that have listened to this, these episodes before, maybe your first time in this, um, you know, the, the purpose of the podcast really is three things, right? It's, it's we're trying to empower uh, photographers to uplevel their brands and their clients' experiences. We're trying to build a community of just positive, like-minded people. And then we're trying to give you actionable actual steps that you can do to like change the industry that you're a part of. And Matt, man, you are like such a, um, you're such an example of all three of these things lived out for me. And, and let me tell you why. Um, guys, before I found Holdfast, and really before I found Matt, I mean, Matt as a person, as an individual, um, I was um, a little bit all over the place with my own brand. And, uh, and so, you know, the last several episodes, we've talked about everything from, you know, artist isolation and uh, self-deprecation and imposter syndrome into how to tell better stories. But that leads us to you, Matt, because I think what you've done is you've empowered people to, uh, to elevate their brands, right, with, with your products, which, which says a lot about your products. So, Back me up. You said you were a, a wedding photographer for, for, you said like 10 years, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. What, what was that? What was that to you? What was that stage in your life? Why, why did you decide to be a wedding photographer? Yeah, I think, um, well, the reason how I got into it was um, I was shooting a lot of stuff. And you know, when you're new to photography, you kind of just, at least my approach was, I just shot everything I could everything my eyes touched, I wanted to photograph it and everything. I mean, it was music, it was travel, it was, you know, it was uh, portraits. I just wanted to try it all out. Weddings was the one thing that I refused to do and refused to try. I just was intimidated by it, but also just, I wasn't drawn to it. It didn't seem like it was interesting to me. Uh, Friend after friend kept asking me to shoot their wedding. Like, um, and I would always turn them down. Well, one day, I mean, we've all been to this place. Um, I I spent a significant portion of my my um, younger years, uh, working hard to make ends meet and not, never have enough to pay the bills. And, um, and then you start doing photography, which is a very, can be an expensive thing to jump into. And so right away, I'm drawn to fast primes and big lenses and, and, and stuff I could do in low light. None of that stuff is cheap and I couldn't afford any of it. So uh, right at that time where I was like, okay, this, this photo hobby thing that I want to chase after I can't afford anything. I don't know what to do. Well, a buddy said, why don't you shoot my wedding and I'll give you 500 bucks. And I thought about it. I was like, okay, uh, okay, I'll do it. You know, because I thought I can go put that money towards a lens. I did it. I hated it. I never wanted to do it again, but I put the money back and was able to buy some, a new piece of equipment. And so that led to the next one and it led to the next one. And so after about the fourth or fifth wedding, 
I started realizing the the high level of skill that it took to shoot a wedding and how it was making me a better photographer, but but more than that, also a better person because you're you're working with people the whole time and you're having to work with these crazy emotions and and all these different um, ideas. You've got the wedding planners, you've got the you've got the bride, you've got the mom of the bride, you've got the uncle, you've got all these things that you're having to work with. And that part of it really started to excite me. It's like, okay, you're thrown into the fire and you've got to make it work. And you might show up to a church and it might be really terrible. You might have uh, terrible lighting. You might go to a location that looks great. Then it starts raining. So all of it was just, you had to be quick on your feet. You had to be very creative, but then you also had to deal with the people. So, and at that time in my life, I, well, for most of my um, childhood and half my adulthood, I couldn't stand people. I didn't want to be around people. I didn't, I was very shy. I was very self-conscious, wasn't very confident in who I was. So uh, doing weddings, it, I saw that it was really pushing me to become a better person and and honing those skills. So that's really how it got started. And then really how that flywheel got turning is I just realized, man, this is a really incredible scenario. You've got six hours towards, you know, anywhere from three hours to 15 hours where you're, where you've got to be, your game has to be on, on point from the go. And I, that part excited me. Yeah. So, okay. So to sum that up for you, or I guess for everybody that's listening, it sort of sounds like you were, you were drawn to the challenge. After I got into it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Which, okay. So, Mm -hmm. so I can totally relate to that. We've talked, we've talked on this podcast actually before where I, I, I admitted, I, I don't know how God's got a hilarious sense of humor. I became a wedding photographer because I, I tried adamantly to not become, to intentionally yeah. not become mm-hmm. a wedding photographer. And it, and it was, uh, I guess early on, I, I'll admit it was a little bit the, the money and the interest of that, but it was more the fact that I almost got addicted to that challenge. Um, and then I relate, I, and I, I'm going somewhere here because I've got something for you. I realized that it really was the relationships that I was building with people and the way I was solving problems throughout the day that, that actually became the thing that I was sort of addicted to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you touched on this then, um, a few minutes ago when you were talking about hold fast, you, you walked away from a series of weddings or a, sort of the back end of a career really. And, and said, there's, there's kind of gotta be a better way here. And, and you, you saw a problem and then you set out to solve it. What is that before we get to all the ins and outs of that? What does that feel like? Yeah, I think our, our, this might be a vague answer. I'm not sure. We'll see where we'll see that where this goes. But you know, every step that we take through life, it's it's all a journey, and it's all um, it's it's all meant to be going you know progress going forward. And I have this idea in my mind that I can live without regrets if I can just learn from every situation. I don't really care if I make a mistake or mess up or do whatever, but if I can learn from it then that mistake turns into a win for me in the long run. It might suck going through it, but if I can draw from that situation, then I'm a better person for it. So I have this philosophy that um, you can live life entirely without regrets as long as you can keep learning. And obviously there's other things that may happen in life that I'm not talking about. I'm just talking about the general things you go through and the general mistakes you make. So um, I'm always about what can I glean? What can I learn in this situation? Can I get better for it? And so um, through all those years, there's these times where like there was a, uh, early on in my photography career, I was doing a lot of humanitarian work. I was traveling and photographing in Haiti and different places like that and, um, doing missionary work and photography. 
And I love those times. And then that led into two weddings. And so when you start looking back on all the things that I, that I photographed through the years, that led me to what Holdfast Gear is today. So for me, it's, it's constant discovery and constant learning because that's what shapes you and it shapes your worldview and it shapes your vision into making the best you, the best product, the best thing, because you're constantly drawing from everything you're seeing and everything you're doing. So in terms of uh, you, you know, finding a problem and then solving it, for me, it was more so like I wasn't looking for the problem. But as I'm living my life and I'm learning from things, I'm realizing, wait a minute, the way I'm doing it, it's got to be done a better way. So then I start researching. Well, I don't see, I don't see any photo gear that looks really awesome. Or, or, or I, sh I shouldn't say it that way. I should say, um, I didn't see any photo gear that matched the way I wanted to look and the way I wanted to present myself. I didn't see anything that worked for my body. It was, it felt uncomfortable and it felt clunky and it felt slow. So um, all those years of humanitarian work and then wedding work, it all just sort of led into a system that worked for me. And then I figured, well, if it works for me, there's probably a couple of people out there that it might work for. So I would never, I was never designing to solve a bunch of people's problems. It was more so I'm focused on making my work as, as, as great as I can and solving my problems. And it just turned out a few of the people had the same problems, same issues. Yeah. And, and I was one of them. I mean, I, I know, you know, this story, but I, I love being able to tell this. So, you know, often I think that we get, we get caught up in, um, in sort of the tech specs and all the nerdy stuff of like what our cameras yeah. can do or what, whatever, all the stuff that we, we assume makes us proprietary, right? Like we think that this preset is the one thing that sets us aside from everybody else. <laughs> yeah. But I actually had this moment and I know you've, you've heard me say this before. Um, I was traveling into a wedding in Vermont. I was flying through Boston uh, with one of my associate photographers, Dylan. And at the time we were with, um, we were uh, kind of heading up one of the social teams for, I don't know if I would call them a competitor, but another camera carry company, but, you know, bags and straps. And man, we were going to this wedding that would end up being featured in all these magazines. It was absolutely beautiful, black tie, incredible event. And I'll never forget this photo uh, that Delin took of me standing out in front of, um, of the estate where the wedding was. And I was holding this black nylon backpack uh, on my bag, on my back, filled with incredible camera gear in a, in a beautiful tuxedo. And I remember just thinking to myself exactly what you just said, which is like, man, these things don't, they don't align. And, and I'm kind of a walking question mark right now. And, and for those of you guys that are listening, this isn't like, this isn't branding on some deep level. This is just saying if there, if there are elements of your brand or elements of your, of your photographic story um, or, or just you as an individual that catch people off guard like that, like they don't feel like they connect, that, that's where the questions can be solved. And just by solving that for me, it was, it was maybe a week later, um, maybe two weeks later that I reached out to you for the very first time. And, and here's the, here's the interesting story. I bought a blemish moneymaker from you. Um, like I, I, I bought one of the discount, the sale ones. Cause I was like, man, I can't afford, there's no way I can't spend this kind of money on a camera strap. And, uh, and I got the thing in and, um, immediately wrote you just to tell you what an incredible product it was. Um, and that was sort of the start of this friendship. But now, you know, it, it was, I don't know, maybe a month or two later that I left that team. 
immediately started harping on you to like create a team. Um, I yeah. think I was one, I think I was one of the early guys on, on this, this squad. Oh, you were absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, I, I guess all that to say, that's a long rambling way of saying it's, it's fascinating to me to get to know people who have solved a problem for themselves and then inadvertently have solved that same problem for other people along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, because my brand has done nothing but, but scale since shifting over to using your products. Um, okay. So, so here's where I want to go with this. Um, you know, obviously we want to talk about like practical stuff and, and pragmatic stuff and ways that we can support Holdfast and things that Holdfast is doing in the community. Um, but I want to know what this looks like for you as a creative. Are you still perpetually trying to come up with new, new innovations, new ideas, new products? What, what is, what is that process look like for you? Yeah, for me, it's it goes back to those early days of photography. I was I was trying to solve a problem for myself, and so anytime in life I I come across something that I don't have a solution for, I'm going to try to solve it. And a lot of that a lot of that guides the products that we make. You know, um, for instance, um, we had a law we had a family dog. Uh, we had to put her down. The, it was terrible. The kids hated it. We all cried. And then my wife was like, "You got to go get a new dog." So. Then I did some research and I went and bought a, um, a Panda German Shepherd. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I got the dog, I realized how much energy that German Shepherds have. And I needed to harness that. I needed to train that and work with that. So I started taking the dog on long walks, on jogs, on runs, do, do my workouts with him. And I, in that process, I realized I did, there, weren't, there weren't collars that I liked. There weren't leashes that I liked. There's times where I wanted to go on a hike with my camera gear and then have my dog with me. Um, in Oklahoma, a lot of people like to have their dogs leashed. So, um, at parks and stuff. So I realized I want to be able to carry a camera and my dog. And so all these things, those are problems that I had to solve. So now I have a dog collection on the website. So everything that you see on the website, it comes out of a problem that I'm coming across. And then I just want to fix it. Um, I'm never, I'm not the guy, despite the name of the, the moneymaker camera strap, I'm not the guy that sits back and looks, okay, where can I make the most money? What industry is open? All that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm very much about doing things that I'm passionate about. Um, I don't have a guitar strap, even though I'm a leather goods company. I don't have a guitar strap because I've never played a guitar in my entire life. So I like, to stay, I like to stay with things that I'm doing, things that I'm living, things that I'm learning, things that I'm passionate about because I feel like that makes the best products. And I think that pushes the, the company forward the be- in the best way is, is – things that I'm staying passionate about. Okay. Yeah. So, um, but I love that because I, I, I have the dog leashes as well. Right. <laughs> um, I, uh, and they really are fantastic, but like, uh, but I, again, I, I, let me, let me rephrase that then, because I think what, what we're hearing obviously and, and how it relates to the photographic community is just the fact that you, while everybody is screaming at the industry to niche down, Right. I mean, we've all heard that a million times. And maybe that is good advice. I don't know. I, I don't, I, I personally don't think it's fantastic advice, if I'm honest. Um, but everybody is yelling that, right, the future, the future of a strong brand is a niche brand. I think what you've done in, in a practical way is to create a niche brand that still has a broad product. Right. Like you're still you're 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 speaking to a specific demographic of people, but you're offering them a lot of options. Um, and, and that to me is is powerful. It's really neat. I, I'm trying to think of how that relates. 
Like, help me, walk me through that. How would that relate to the modern wedding photographer or modern portrait photographer? Well, again, I think just like what I said, for, for me, like passion drives everything I do. You know, I, I only, I try to do things that I stay excited about. And then when I lose excitement about something that I, I jump on to the next thing, but I think that fuels the best work instead of trying to, um, let me go make money, uh, shooting sports, you know, shooting these hockey games because there's, I can make a lot of money there. That might be a great advice. And you might be good at that. For me, that never interested me. I even tried that. And it was just like, it wasn't exciting. So I didn't produce my best work. I always wanted to be, I always want to be in the vein of producing my best work. And in order to do that, I found for me that I've got to stay in, in, um, I've got to keep that momentum up in life. And so when I'm uh, always working towards something I'm passionate about, that momentum, that, that flywheel just keeps moving and keeps moving and it keeps driving things. So in terms of, um, I think photographers in their industry and building their brands, I don't think it, for me, I don't look at things as, um, smart business decisions. I look at things in terms of momentum, you know, and that relates to passion. Yeah, that's why I'm like, man, let me find my momentum and just and hammer on that. And when that momentum dies, I'm not going to get stuck there. I'm yeah. not going to sit there and think, oh my goodness, it's all over. Okay, where's that next thing I'm excited about? Let me go jump on that and then start pushing that. And so that way, my I feel like progress. It's just everything's going forward in that case, as opposed to me, like stopping and thinking, okay, where can I make the most money? I think if you're chasing money, you'll never, you'll never make it. Man, what you'll a, never make enough. What a powerful, like for what life, think. life purpose there, right? It's just say like, you need to have enough discipline and so, sense of self to, to understand what is working and, and then pursue joy in what is working. Like that's, yeah, dude, I mean, come on. I, I think we just got there, right? Like that's, yeah. And, and I think that's the right way to say it, pursue joy, because I think a lot of times I was just talking to a guy the other day um, and he had this business idea and he was, but he had not told, he, he was almost like he didn't want to pursue the business idea because it felt silly to him or he felt like other business guys might say it's silly. And I'm like, who cares? Be silly. Who cares if it's yeah. silly? If you're, if you love it, if you're passionate about it, if it solves a problem for you, go after it because here's the deal. If you're excited about it, there's other people out there that are also as excited about it and you'll find those people with it. Oh man, and um, we live in this. Start. Well, I, I was gonna say we live. We live in this. Uh, this this culture right now that's so full of the trolls, right? They're mm -hmm. so oh, yeah. full of the cynics. Um, yes. I know you and I have had a a blast in the past going back through the comments. We <laughs> yes, we have, guys. I am. I am. Uh, I'm enemy number one of the state uh, on Facebook ads <laughs> for hold fast to people that just fry. no photographer dresses like that to a wedding. Nobody, oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the guy that, that fried me for not having my lens hood on. Right. He was like, yeah. no wedding photographer would shoot without his lens hood on. I'm like, come on guys. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, but, <laughs> but okay. So talk me, talk me through this. Cause I'm always interested in how you answer this question. So I'm putting you on the spot right now. I know yeah. how I answer this question because uh, I have to answer it all of the time because your stuff is so freaking beautiful. Um, why? Why on earth? Seriously, why would a wedding photographer spend $700 on a camera bag? Yeah, I think um, for me, okay, so... As a photographer, you show up to an event, you show up to a wedding, okay? And there's going to be 50 guests, there's going to be 200 guests, there's going to be 500 guests at that wedding. And all those people, there might be five or six people that will see your pictures from that wedding, maybe, 
you know, maybe you'll hit 10 people from that wedding that will see your pictures. Okay. Now you'll leave that wedding and all those people that came there, they, they watched you work, but they didn't see your actual work. They saw you running around, um, you know, bossing people around or whatever. But now um, you separate yourself from a normal photographer into something different. If when you walk into that scene and there's a hundred people in the church, there's 300 people in the church. Well, you look put together. You look well-dressed. You look like you, you know, everything, everything looks perfectly picked out for how you look. Well, all of a sudden now you've put an impression in their brain and now they're not just, now they're not people that never actually see your work. They're actually watching you work and that's compelling to them. And so it, presentation actually does matter. And I know people like to say, well, I just want to be a fly on the wall. I don't want to be seen. Yeah, that's great. Except you're working a wedding. You're going to be seen, period. I mean, you can be as quiet as you want, but at the end of the day, you're walking around with cameras down aisleways at the dance. People are watching you work. So why not make it the best presentation you possibly can? And I'll tell a little story of how that all made sense to me. It was the very first moneymaker I made. I was, and I've told you this story. I've said this story you know, a dozen times. But um, so I shot a wedding. Uh, there happened to be this, um, this particular wedding that I shot. All the girls were just um, uh, models for different agencies. So they're around photographers a lot. And so when I showed up, I, the first thing I did is I went into the, uh, to the girls room to get a few getting ready shots and pre stuff. And when I walked in the atmosphere changed when I had the strap on. So I was dressed in a particular way. I had the leather strap on it. Just, it all looked put together and the atmosphere changed. And so I started hearing things like, Oh, he knows what he's doing. Or this guy knows what he's talking about. And they hadn't, they haven't done anything yet. Right. It was purely, they were saying those things purely based on how I looked when I walked in the room. I'm not bragging on myself, but what I'm saying is I realized that, wait a minute, how I, they noticed how I looked when I walked in and that upped my confidence, but that also throughout the day, I didn't have to um, earn their trust because they were like, well, this guy looks cool based on what I had on. So it made the shoot that go that much easier. I didn't have to earn their trust and then try to w work them through things. They just did whatever I said to, said to do. And so it made the shoot so much easier Then it clicked. Wait a minute, how we look and how we present ourselves actually does matter, especially when we're shooting events. Oh man. And well, like beautifully put, because here's the, the way that I uh, answer that exact same question. Wait, I lost you. Hold on. There you go. Okay. okay the sorry. No, no, we're good. We're good. This is, this is live guys. This is real. <laughs> I, the, the way that I answer that question is, is basically to say the same thing, which is, you know, the vast majority of the people that you're going to come in contact with, whether you're at an event or you're shooting, it doesn't matter. You're shooting seniors on the street. It does not matter. The vast majority of people that will see you have an opportunity to have an impression and a reaction to you as a photographer long before they see the photography, long mm -hmm. before. And now I, I, I've heard all of the, that's why I brought up the trolls. I've, I've heard all of the haters for years yeah. say, you know, oh my gosh, that is the most vain, ridiculous thing I've ever heard. And, and yet I'll say this, if your motive is not to roll in and drop this $700 camera bag down and say like, Hey, you know, Rick Ross is here. I have made it <laughs> right. If that's not the motive, if the motive is just to say this, Hey, this is the most important curated, beautiful day in these two people's lives. Yeah. And I'm going to integrate as intimately and intentionally as I possibly can into this wedding so that I can do a great job for them and not distract or deter or separate anybody from all the emotional elements and the bag can be a part of that, then why wouldn't you? Yeah. And, and so, I mean, 
you know, you saw it. It's not like, you know, when I'm in Iceland, I'm not carrying around my romographer. That would be ridiculous. Right. I'm carrying around my, uh, my sightseer backpack because it's, again, it's the perfect bag for that situation. Yeah. Um, and so, man, for years though, I've, I've always wanted to ask you that question and, and have it recorded because that answer to me says everything um, about who you are as a person to say, you know, guys, let's, let's do, let's do better. Let's go bigger. Let's serve, mm-hmm. serve harder. Um, okay. So jump forward now. So, okay. You've, you're no longer a wedding photographer. You've created this moneymaker product. Now you've, you've invented and, and, you know, innovated all these other leather good products that serve a, a huge clientele. You're, you're an actual household name in the photo community now. Um, so much so that you're getting, replicated right and left i I think we've all seen that so what is it now that has taken your brand into this voice like your every sunday post right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you've you've now you've now taken hundreds of thousands of of people in a captive audience that follow you and believe in you and and you've shifted your brand again in the last year and i want i want to know about that where where has that come from and what's the what's the vision behind behind the voice that you've now kind of taken on yeah i think for me i just like you've said um about serving and you know it's i never want to just do something to just do it or design a product just to design a product. I think for me, it goes further than that because all of life is interconnected. We're all connected. And in in that, I don't want to just make a product say, here, here's a cool product. I also want to share some things about what I've learned. And I, I'm the type of guy that learns the hard way on everything. I have to, I don't, I can't read something in a book and then be good. I've got to go out, fall off my bike, get scraped up and then get back up again and try it again. That's how I learn. I learn everything the hard way. And I don't think that's the best way to do it. I don't think that's the most efficient, efficient way to do it. So I want to take all those lessons and just throw it out there and say, you know, I've seen these things. You can apply it. Maybe, maybe it can be applicable to you. Um, and take and turn all those little failures that I've had into something that not only benefits me, not only benefits the product, but also benefits other people out there. Because I think at the end of the day, we don't live as much as you want to be by yourself this life is not a solitary, solitary thing. It's not a, um, it was never, it's never designed or intended to be done by yourself. I mean, um, do not forsake the assembling that that's been a powerful scripture that I read. Do not never forsake the assembling. And I think, you know, real relationships matter and people matter and us talking and learning from each other that matters. I, I get so aggravated at this current way that we live where we just scream at each other because you're different, you look different, you do things different, so you're just terrible, and I'm better, and you're terrible, and you should be wiped off the face of the earth. Okay, well, you can't learn that way. That person may be really bad, but if you're just hurling that kind of stuff at them, all you're doing is just divide, 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 separate, 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 which gets into that's forsaking the assembling. And so I'm all about let's work together, let's come together, let's learn from each other. So if I can throw out as much as I can, even a little bit that maybe be meaningless to you, but they were at one point in my life meaningful to me. So I'll just share it because maybe someone out there will be going through the same thing. But I think it's because I, I do care about, um, I care about growing the community and growing in relationships as opposed to just 
staying in my own little world. Yeah, I, I think that says a lot. I mean, I, I know we haven't touched on this yet, but I get to know you um, and, and hopefully expose you in this, in this podcast a little bit, but I get to know you as, as a dad, um, you know, as a like incredible husband to the most beautiful wife, as, as a friend, as right. Like, I think often we, we, uh, compartmentalize ourselves so much that we assume that the only thing people are investing, investing in is the products that we produce, right? Um, so as a photographer, often, I think, I think we, we almost fool ourselves into thinking that the best thing that we can do is create this remarkable photography and then separate ourselves, our personalities, our, our brands, our fears, our anxieties, hide all of those things. Mm -hmm. And, and what I love about the voice that you've kind of taken on and, and what I mean by that guys is just follow, just go over. I'm sure everybody listening to this probably already does, but go over and follow hold fast gear on Instagram. And every Sunday, Matt posts a, uh, a, a post that's almost all just words. And, and it's one of the most uplifting parts of the week for me. Every, every week is just, is just looking for that, but it's, it's inclusive of who you are as a, as a person. Right. I mean, um, I always kind of laugh. You're, you're the only, you're the only page that I know that has what over a hundred thousand followers on Instagram now. And, and yet, man, if you're at your kid's football game, you're, you're, you're posting videos of him playing and who cares. Right. And if you don't yeah. want to know about Matt as a dad, well then unfollow. Cause that's just a part of it. Um, yeah. and I just think that's a cool, I don't know. I think that's a really cool way to live. You know, I think that's, that's, um, and I've, I've heard that quite a bit and some people, a lot of people will question that. And also going back to some of your, your comments about trolls and that kind of thing. I do comment back on Facebook or on Instagram quite often. And it's not because it's upsetting to me, but I think it matters that the other viewpoint is shared. Yeah. And so someone shares their viewpoint. And a lot of times on the internet, people will just want to say stuff and, and then that's it. Mm -hmm. And there's no, um, connection after that mm -hmm. and, they, and they, there's a separation of a, of a keyboard and screen that kind of keeps you from from dealing with consequences of anything you say yeah. and i think it's worthwhile to to respond back to that and say well okay i see that you see that but there's also another viewpoint and this is my viewpoint and while some people say well that doesn't matter or you shouldn't waste your time for me it isn't about wasting time i think like i said relationships do matter and not that i'm having a relationship with that person but it's just that hey it's worthwhile to to listen to someone else you know, even if they have a different point of view. And then in terms of like, you know, posting the family stuff, you know, I think I'm, I mean, I am who I am across the board. And so the way I run this company is how I, I live my life. And I don't really separate those two because to me, then I don't know, I, it, it doesn't feel as fun or exciting, you know, and I, I'm not going to like say, okay, I'm like business Matt over here. And then I'm family Matt over here. It's just all, it's just all Matt. who we are, you know? Yeah. That's, that's really cool. I, uh, I had this neat opportunity uh, when I was in Las Vegas uh, a few weeks ago for WPPI. Um, I know you you sent me, right? I mean, guys, first world problems here. Matt just straight up geared me up to go to Las Vegas because he wasn't going to have a booth this year. So he was like, okay, Miles, we'll just take all of this stuff and make sure that I look good. And I did, by the way. Um, yeah, you did. But, Very good. But I, uh, I had this interesting run in a conversation and I sold a moneymaker uh, moneymaker strap right, right there. Um, 
I ran into a guy who, who stopped me and he said, hey, I have a strap that's just like that. It just looks different in the back. And, and I already knew what he, what he meant. What he meant is every moneymaker strap looks the same in the back. And so he had a knockoff. And, uh, and so I was chatting with him about it, but not, not trying to troll him on it, not trying to fry him. And he said, man, I was just looking at both brands and this one was about hundred dollars cheaper. And so I went ahead and went with it really happy. It's really comfortable. You know, I love it. And, uh, you know, I explain to me why, why would somebody spend more or whatever? And I said, well, aside from the fact that when you invest in something from hold fast gear, you're, you're sort of investing in the sort of the the initial thought right the 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 early adapter of this concept the person that drew the stupid thing let's just call it what it is okay <laughs> but aside from that I, I was explaining to him i said you want to know what kind of character matt swaggart has he owns the patent to to these straps and so everybody that's wandering around and posted on Instagram, these knockoff straps, Matt has the actual power, the actual legal ability to sue every single one of these companies for patent infringement. And yet he doesn't. And the reason he doesn't is because he's on to bigger things. He's moving ahead and saying, hey, we, we can't get hung up with the negativity that happens around us, whether that's somebody just copying an idea or that's somebody trolling on Facebook or that's somebody, you know, I, I've seen all of the things. By the way, guys, if you're not over on YouTube right now, you have to go look at Matt Swagger because he just has this vibe to him that's like Crocodile Dundee. Wait, this is on. You, I didn't know this was like on. Is oh, it on? Oh, yeah. It's on everywhere. <laughs> uh, no, it's not live. No, no, no. We're going to edit it down, but this is going to be streamed everywhere. And Okay, and awesome. So Matt has this kind of cool vibe, this like very unique style to him. And I've heard people, I've seen people that fry you on your shirts or fry you on yeah, your oh whatever. Oh yeah, all the time. And uh, man, I just, I want to publicly commend you for saying like, not only are you a good friend of mine, but you are just one of the most individualized persons, people, I guess, in, in this industry. And you're doing it right, man. You're doing it well. Um, and so oh, thank I you for you know, saying that. take my money, Matt. I want it all, man. <laughs> I actually think I have it all, but if I don't have anything, I want it. Um, yeah. so, okay. Well, so I told everybody that we would, uh, we'd always sort of wrap up then with actionable, you know, real steps, like ways that we can learn from, mm -hmm. from the lessons that Matt has learned. Um, so, so Matt hit us with a couple of things, two or three things that, you know, just tips or, or, you know, life advice that you think is applicable for a whole community full of photographers that are going to hear this. Um, yeah, I think um, in terms of just everyone likes to look at look at life like, okay, what does success what does success look like? What does success feel like? How can I get there? All that kind of thing, all those kind of things. And I think for me, I've sort of boiled that down into four pillars. So you have mindset, you have discipline you have endurance, and then relationships. So for me, mindset comes first. And so um, taking David and Goliath as an example, you know, we've all heard the story, David and Goliath. Um, he, David could have just said, Goliath is way bigger than everybody else. I'm not stepping in. My mindset has been, has, is always is the glass is half full. I mean, and if the glass is full, then shoot, get out of my way because we're coming, you know. And um, so my, my mindset is never like, okay, this situation is impossible. It's always, hey, let's look at it. Let's see what we can do. 
you know? So mindset's always first. Don't stop yourself from starting before you've done anything. Don't have all these self-doubts and self-fears and, and say, you know, I don't have the money or I don't have the equipment or I don't have the skill or I don't have the personality. You're killing yourself before you've started. You know, let someone else try to kill you before you've killed yourself, you know? So mindset first. And then the second thing is, is discipline. And, and, and I think most, a lot of photographers do have great discipline. And, um, but the discipline really is maintaining that mindset and the way you maintain that mindset is just building good habits in life, you know, um, disciplining yourself for the win, just like you would lift weights or you do a lot of running. If you're doing track, you're going to discipline yourself pre. So with photography, you're learning, you're, you're, you're adjusting, you're adapting, you're, you're getting new equipment, but also you're, you're fully learning that equipment. You're not just buying something, but you're going to buy it. And then you're going to thoroughly discover that thing. Um, but, but the discipline really for me is, is the mindset is maintaining that mindset and doing what you need to do to maintain that mindset. Like for one thing, uh, is I just don't enjoy, I, I have a lot of friends from all walks of life. I don't like look at someone and separate people based on politics or religion or anything else. I just look at people as people. Um, now the one, the one way I separate people though, is if someone is just real negative, I have a hard time being around them because what that does is that messes with me and then I get real negative. So there's a discipline there where I'm, I'm surrounding myself with people that are, that are also positive that, keep, that can keep me positive. So, so you have mindset, you have discipline, but then there's endurance. All of this stuff, um, success never happens overnight. Uh, great things don't happen overnight. A lot of things, they look like they happened overnight but it was backed by 10 years of just blood, sweat, and tears before it popped. And so um, I think with, um, with winning at life is you haven't lost until you quit. If you keep going, if you keep working, you will win no matter what. You will win. You've only lost when you quit. You don't lose at a mistake. You don't lose at a, at a poor decision. You lose when you just stop. So there's endurance to it. And then the last thing is relationships. And I think for um, – I'm trying to think about the right way to put this, but loving people and helping people, that matters. And it also – it isn't about a, a self-serving thing, but when you do help people, in turn, you are helped. You get helped. When you need help, you'll find it because you're out there already doing it for people. And again, it's not a self-serving thing, but it just, that's just the way things work. That's kind of like the cycle of life, so to speak. And so I do think having relationships and building friendships and pouring into people, but let, letting them pour into you and learning as iron sharpens iron. I think all those things come together to, to support the first three, which is your, your mindset, your discipline, and your, your endurance. It's all supported through the relationships that you build in life. And so um, anywhere you go and anywhere you want to go, I think it's that base and it's that structure are the relationships. Holy cow. I mean, that was, that was seriously, that was powerful. And that was really cool. And I'm going to have to slow down and re-listen to that a handful of times. Um, I, I'm thinking on the fly here, Matt, we could do an entire workshop series on those four things together. Like, we because, probably could, yeah. because that's, that, there is so much depth and there is so much power into just those four concepts. And you guys that are listening, understand, think, think this through. 
that that applies that discipline applies to everything from your technical knowledge to your post processing to your daily habits and how healthy you're <laughs> eating or sleeping or or treating yourself yep. um those relationships apply to not just your vendor friends and you know but the the people that are waiting for you at the end of the night to close the laptop and actually spend time with them every piece of that advice is cohesive and holistic and that's that's powerful that's i dude huge this is why you guys have heard me say this before um Matt's like uh Matt's like a little Yoda in the photo community. He's <laughs> like he's always dropping these these things that he just nonchalantly says. Um I, you know, we we'll be sitting eating a, a hamburger and greasy french fries across the street from his uh from his shop and he'll just he'll drop that kind of knowledge on me and then slurp some coke like it never happened. <laughs> Um, I do love Coke. That's, that's key. Well, that, that's good. Cause my wife works for him. So thank you oh, for that. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, man, Matt. Okay. So last thing, how can, how can we, as a community, how can, how can we get behind you? Like, what is it that hold fast is doing or, or needs? What is it that you guys care about right now that, that we can rally behind and, uh, and then how would we do that? Man, that's a really good question. And I'm not even sure. I think I'd have to put some some thought into that. I think um, the best way I'd answer that is you said something earlier at the very start of this podcast, uh, which was, um, uh, oh, I, I, about um, what, something syndrome, like uh, imposter syndrome. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Imposter syndrome. And I think that to me is. Uh, that speaks a lot to me because I'm never looking to there's while there is nothing new under the sun, there's definitely different ways to do it. And so I'm all about finding um, who you are and your purpose on this earth and going after it full force. So I think if there's anything you do for hold fast, it would be to um, live your life to the fullest based on who you are and your calling. Because I think in in that we all are going to get stronger and better by it. Because I think um, everybody has a voice and everybody has a viewpoint. Not everyone shares that shares that voice and viewpoint. Not everyone finds their voice. And I think sometimes people get a little too caught up in responsibility or in in just just all sorts of doubts, fears, and negativity uh, to chase down who they really are and to find those things. And so if you're doing anything for hold fast, I would say find who you are and share it with everybody you meet. Um, there's one thing that I always say is that um, creativity is the, the currency for humanity, not money, but it's your creativity. Everyone's creative. Everyone is creative. I don't care who you are, or what you think. And I think the currency of humanity is when you find that creativity and then spend it on people. When you, when you share it with everyone you meet, that to me is finding real success in life. So if you're doing anything for hold fast, if you can find that cre- creativity and share it, I'm all for it. Oof. There's another one of those Yoda isms you just dropped in there. That's incredible, <laughs> man. Uh, well, Matt, thank you, dude, so, so much for, uh, for being a part of this. Um, guys, if you want more information on, on, uh, on Matt Swagger and on Holdfast Gear and all of the products and, uh, and just things that they're a part of, and they are a part of a lot, um, you know, check the show notes. We'll make sure that we include links to all of the social media profiles as well as the website. 
And, uh, and then I am actually um, about to release a, a whole blog list, and I'll include that as well, of my favorite products and some of the, you know, the reviews and ways that I've utilized uh, stuff from Holdfast Gear over the last um, 10 years of my career now. So, um, Matt, thanks for being here, man. It, it means a lot. I can't wait to get back down to Bigsby and give you a hug. I, guys, I was in Bigsby in it, where the Holdfast headquarters are last week right yes uh, and i was out of town when you were here i was at, i was in baton rouge um <laughs> so the one time that i i had to get down there for a soccer game and then uh and then i missed you so i can't wait to get down there and hug you soon man yeah man i can't wait either man we, we do need to figure out how to carve out a weekend or something and just hang out oh uh, please 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 let's take <laughs> one of these trips you're constantly on a trip that's I, what we should do i think we just need to go together and we can go even to Colorado invite the families but maybe not maybe we just do a boys trip <laughs> All right, man. I, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna kill the recording. You guys, uh, click over, get involved, get engaged, uh, guys. This has been the uh, the Photographic Collective podcast. Uh, my name is Miles Wood Boyer, and uh, and we've been hanging out today with Matt Swaggart from Hold Fast Gear. Um, y'all, go do something that's actually worth talking about this week, and uh, and create something that you're proud of. All right. Thanks, guys. Mm-hmm.